0: There is only Christ. He is everything. He is in everything. From the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 11. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to my companion podcast, Christ Through the Elements. I do three things. First, talk about Christ. And for this, I mostly use the Universal Christ, a brand new book by Father Richard Rohr, one of my all-time spiritual Catholic heroes. In the second part, I talk about the element, and today it is element number nine, fluorine. And for this, I use primarily a book I found for my Kindle, really cool, check it out if you will, called The Elements A Visual Exploration of Every Known Atom by Theodore Gray. Then we take a short break, and after the break, we come back and I connect the two. What does that element tell us, show us, reveal to us about Christ? So thank you for being here. Let's get started. So I am reading through The Universal Christ, and it is such a rich and wonderful and thought-provoking and challenging book that I have to do it slowly and to slow myself down and to foster the contemplation of what I am reading. I'm writing down in a little journal, a book about the quotes that strike me the most. And I'm not intentionally reading a certain part and then reflecting on just that part for this podcast. But I have to tell you, there was something about today that showed me, and I'll share this with you in a little bit, That reading and keeping along with this podcast, meaning sharing on the podcast only what I have read as I am reading about the particular element, is probably the way to go. And again, I will reveal that for you at the very end. So in the section that I read today, Father Richard is talking about love and how love is like the universal energy, the universal power, the charge that both attracts and moves everything in creation. And how Christ is that universal love. And um, Father Richard uses a metaphor that I think is apt for what we are discussing here, the elements and science. He uses a metaphor that I have to think that Jesus himself might have used if he had experience with what Father Richard has experience with. Jesus was very much a man of his times in pointing things out to the fishermen and to the shepherds and to the uh, farmers, different images, different metaphors of the time period. So Father Richard does something similar. He says you might say that the eternal Christ is the symbolic superconductor of the divine energies into this world. Jesus ramps down the ohms so that we can handle divine love and receive it through ordinary human mediums. Now, I don't know a ton about electricity and how it travels. I do know one little thing. And that helps me understand this metaphor that Father Richard is using, is that those high tension lines, you know, the big, big towers, the power, the electricity is traveling through those at very, very high um, uh, volume and very, very high power. And the transformers, the substations that you see that are quite large too, but on the ground and near, uh, you know, the urban areas, those actually are amping down the charge from the lines and then they are putting it into a form that it could then be sent out into uh, its end uh, goal which is houses and businesses and etc. I like that idea that it this divine energy this divine power is so great throughout all of creation that it has to be channeled or incarnated into Jesus this transformer who then shows us and gives us the love that Christ throughout creation is constantly showering and and, um, offering. I I like that image, and I hope you do too. So we're up to number nine, fluorine, or fluorine, I guess. The chemical symbol is the very simple F. And um, Mr. Gray, our author, says that it is one of the most reactive of all elements. And he uses the example, he says, if you blow a stream of the gas, the fluorine gas at almost anything, it will burst into flames, including things we don't usually think can burn, such as glass. He says, perhaps ironically though, in its elemental form, it is highly reactive, but in its compounds, when it links up with chemical bonds with other elements, it is quite stable. And it is so stable that it is at the heart of one of our most significant compounds, most useful compounds, I bet you used it this morning if you fried an egg or cooked something in a pan, that is Teflon. And Mr. Gray tells just a really quick little story about how Teflon was accidentally discovered when they were trying to build refrigerants decades ago, and they came up with chlorofluorocarbon refrigerants, and Teflon was sort of an accidental byproduct of that process, which was a good thing that something so positive came out of it because those chlorofluorocarbon refrigerants have actually been banned because they were so great at depleting ozone. And also I learned, and I don't know if you know this, but Gore-Tex, the fabric that keeps you warm in the winter keeps you dry as well, that actually has Teflon in it. So it's a a different um, form of Teflon. Makes sense, I guess. And of course, fluorine and fluoride are connected and that is a protectant of the teeth, which limits reactions, the chemical reactions in your mouth that cause cavities. So stay with me, if you will, through this short break and we'll come back and talk about how Christ can be understood and revealed through fluorine. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So in light of what we've talked about with Christ and fluorine, how do they connect or how can Florine reveals something to us about Christ. Well, first of all, just a little clarification about Christ. When we talk about Jesus, the Christ, what we are saying is that the Christ, this divine, universal second person of the Trinity, who the Creed tells us, all through Christ all things were made, is incarnate physically in Jesus of Nazareth. So when we look at Jesus, who he was, what he did, where he went, what he said, we see the Christ in human flesh. So just keep that in mind. Well, Florine, I am struck with this paradox, really, of, by itself, how reactive it is, and also how, when it is paired or partnered or bonded with others in the periodic table, other elements— it becomes quite stable. In fact, so stable that you can get Teflon, which nothing reacts with, everything just kind of falls off of. And I have to think Jesus the Christ was kind of like this, both of these, right? You know, we think about relationships, and in relationships, especially when there are bumps and hiccups and stresses and challenges, the value of being a non-reactive person is huge. Now, by saying non-reactive, do I mean disengaged, checked out, not being involved? No. What I mean is not being reflexively reactive, right? To use the metaphor of fluorine, right? When fluorine gas is sprayed on a surface like gas, um, that surface has no choice but to burst into flames because that is the reaction that fluorine causes. And quite frankly, there's people walking around who are just triggered by everything. Anything can set them off into blind rage or sadness or despair or any number of states of being. And they don't really have a choice, right? They are reacting reflexively And I think Jesus was a profoundly non-reactive person, because he knew who he was. He knew what his mission was to be, and he knew that in any given situation, as the second person of the Trinity incarnate, he could have used any amount of power, right? To condemn, to destroy, to berate, to shame, to hurt. But for the most part, he chose not to. And he chose to be the opposite of reactive, which isn't really non reactive in a person. It is responsive. That he knew each situation closely enough that he could respond, as, to use Father Richard's metaphor, the superconductor, the conduit the transformer of God's eternal, fulfilling love. And again, I think this is something we can learn from fluorine. And to even take it a step further, what allows fluorine to move from being so highly reactive to profoundly non-reactive bonding, right? Relationships. It needs to be with other elements that change it when it links up, hooks up with those other elements. And again, I think you see this a lot in recovery, 12-step and other forms of recovery, that people come in very reactive because of the damage that they've taken in their lives, the addictions that they've suffered with, just the things that they've learned or not learned how to be in the world in a healthy way. And when they connect with other people like them, or even really other people very unlike them, because most 12-step rooms, it's truly here comes everyone. But when they connect, there is a stability that is gained. And this individual moves from being reactive to responsive, to having choice in a given situation. And 12-step groups will say, if they follow the 12 steps, they say that it is a power greater than ourselves, which allows this to occur. And that power, you can name it however you want. You can call it God. You can call it Christ. There's any number of other ways that you can identify it or name it if you have to. But the key is, as it comes through the group and the relationships that are formed in and through the group. So I promised a little bit earlier that I would share how I knew that I should be reading Father Richard and these um, elemental uh, reflections at the same time, side by side. Because here's why. So a little bit later in chapter five, near the end of it, actually, Father Richard goes on to talk about how God... Sometimes withdraws, so to speak, from us, and that we in our lives feel these dry periods where maybe spiritually we're not feeling awake or alive. And Father Richard uses the example of Mother Teresa, who after her death it was disclosed through her journals that she had many years of this spiritual dryness and this lack of really experiencing and feeling the presence of God. And Father Richard actually shares. This is the first time I've heard him share this and I've read and listened to a lot of his work. He says that he's just feeling the same way. Things are not really striking him in a consolation or desolation type of way spiritually. And he says this, he says, the simple kindness and gratitude of good people produces a momentary good feeling in me. But even this goodness, I do not know how to hold on to. Here it comes. It slides off my consciousness like that cheese on a Teflon pan. No joke. I read this right after reading about fluorine and it made me smile because I think it's one of those winks and nudges that God will give us from time to time. And a good reminder for me. So please come back for the next episode, which will be posted later on. It is neon number 10 on the periodic table. Blessings and peace to you always. And thanks for listening.